0: On the back of your worship folders, you'll find the opportunities that we have. We are not going to be meeting for the hot potatoes this week, probably not until January. And then also remember the emergency weather system plan. If you haven't put your number in, let us know. Also, we have the share of the harvest food and also baby chains for the babies so they have the diapers and stuff that they can't afford the families. If my people who call upon my name shall humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear them from heaven will forgive their sin and will hear their land. Let's stand to sing, guide me, O thou great Jehovah.
1: Thou art mighty, hold me with Thy powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Feed me till I want no more. Open the crystal fountain whence the healing stream doth blow cloudy pillar in me all my journey through strong deliver strong deliver be thou still my strength and shield be thou still my strength and shield when I tread the verge of Jordan bid my anxious fear subside death of and hell's destruction, let me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever give to thee. I will ever give to
2: Good morning. I'm guessing that everybody that didn't change their clocks made it to first service. (laughs) This morning's prayer confession is bidding style, so I'll read the, the line and you can search your hearts as to how it pertains to your life. God, we come to you whom all secrets of our hearts open. Forgive us for the times we have not appreciated all the blessings in our lives. We confess, not appreciating the annoyances that have disrupted our lives and made us look at things differently, trusting faith in you. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and forgiveness that frees us from our guilt and sin. Through Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our assurance of forgiveness this morning comes from Romans 8, verses 1 through 2. Now, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Guidelines for living is from Matthew 22, starting with verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments.
0: Thank you, Scott. Let's stand together as we sing our praise choruses together
1: this morning. Though the nations rage, kingdoms rise and fall, there is still one King reigning over all. So I will not fear, for this truth remains, that my God is the Ancient of Days. None above Him, none before Him, all of time in His hand. For His throne it shall remain and ever stand. All the power, all the glory, I will trust in His name. For my God is the Ancient of Days. dread of no for my God is the Ancient of Days. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful, all my life you've been so good, so good every breath that I am in. So, with every breath that I My life laid down, I surrender now, I give you everything, cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me, cause your goodness is running after, it's running after me, your goodness is running after, it's running after me my life laid down and i surrender now i gave you everything cause your goodness is running after it's running after me all my life you have been faithful all my life you've been so smooth so good with every breath that I am able, I'm gonna the goodness of God. With all my life, You have been faithful, and all my life, You've been so good, so good. With every breath that I am able. be seated.
0: This time we'll receive our offering.
1: Steve, you have something to share with us?
2: Blessed Assurance was written by Fanny Crosby in 1873 after hearing a melody written by her friend. In fact, her friend Phoebe Knapp came into the room and said, I wrote this melody, what does it say to you? Franny Crosby sat down in a rocking chair and about five minutes wrote the whole song. For most hymns, the texts were written first and then set to the music later. In some cases, years later, since this hymn was written upon hearing the melody, it's difficult to accurately relate the words to a particular scripture. However, the hymnal hymns for the living church list Psalm 46 verse 2 as a reference for this hymn. It says, I will sing praise unto my God while I have any being."
0: Father in heaven, we just give you thanks for all the blessings you give us. We are so blessed, as it says, we have that assurance in you and that we have this perfected salvation that we could never attain for ourselves, but you've given to us. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings you give us and bless these folks as they give their tithes and their offerings to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: This is my story.
0: come into the presence of the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, today we come to you and we're so grateful for all the blessings that you do give us. We love Thanksgiving time because we can just take time out and give praise and thanksgiving for all the multitude blessings that you've given to us. And today, heavenly Father, as we move and approach this coming weekend, uh, next weekend, when the Veterans will be honored, Lord, we thank you for all those who served in this country. Those who put their lives on the line that died so that we could be free. Those who have appendages that are either broken or taken off or uh, blinded or whatever, Lord, for our freedom that go to the Robert Dole Hospital or that are in our communities that have made major adjustments to their life because their price that they paid for our freedom I just give you thanks for them. We pray for this great country that we have, Lord, that we don't drop the ball, and that we have leaders that will truly walk in your ways, and as we move towards this election, Lord, again, that we will see that you will guide us to make the right decisions as a people, both in our community here for mayor, but also to county commission and state, and all other voting experiences. We pray also, too, Father God, for Lucille Townsley and our sister in the Lord, who is um, uh, shut in, and same thing with Joyce and Karen, for Joyce's healing of her back. For Howard, who has now come up with more cancer cells on his uh, head, I just pray for his wife, Betty, as she ministers to him. We pray also, too, for our brother, Everett Long, and I pray also for Samantha Mumma and Jason Stevens, all these who are battling cancer. I pray, Lord, for their healing. I pray also for the O'Gile family and the loss of their loved one, Angie. And I pray also, too, Lord, for um, Gage and his wife, Dallas, who lost a baby yesterday at 10 months old. I just pray for their healing for them and give them strength with their little children that they already have. I pray also for Carol's son, Brad, as he deals with some of the situations that is in his life right now. Just be with him and give him strength to overcome. We pray also too for Nick as he begins to work towards his surgeries, Lord, and I think everything will go well. We pray for Mr. Mac, who is one of our teachers here who also has cancer. We pray for his healing. We pray also too, Father God, uh, for Connie Bannister, who lost her husband a few weeks ago, and for her strength as she gets back. For Floyd Roadharmer also. And for those who we know are fighting addictions, we thank especially of Jordan and David and Eric and Ricky and Russell, all of them who battled with these monkeys on their back, Lord Jesus, that they can see you and gain victory over their addictions. And Father, today in the hearts of our minds, We come to you with people on our minds that maybe we didn't get to put in this prayer request form, but in our hearts, hear our prayer as we lift them up to you. Father, now thank you for this time together that we can go over your word and that you can teach us what we need to hear. In your name we pray, Christ. Amen. Last week we heard the news about Matthew Purry, one of our famous actors of this day, that was found dead in his Los Angeles apartment, and in his bat his uh, hot tub have of a drowning at 54 years old. Many remember him for being Chandler on Friends and. What a crowd they had. But he had so many difficulties in his life that he was battling. At one years old, his mother and father split and divorced. And at 10 years old, his mom pound him out of control because he was stealing, he was smoking, and he was getting in all kinds of trouble at school and not passing his grades. At 14, he began to drink even more And by 18, he was drinking every day. As the case with that Dix, they tried to cover their pain. And of course, Matthew Purry tried real hard. Here he was making $1 million for each episode at Friends. But inside he was a broken mess. He had everything going for him. And even when he was being interviewed by Diane Sawyer, One of the tragedies was that he was taking 55 Vicodin a day. He said, I could have been the host of the town, but instead he said, I was in drug dens with drug dealers trying to get a next fix. Perry's addictions led him to the overdosing in 2018, where he almost died and spent five months in the hospital ICU. And it was at that time he hit the bottom and he said, please God, Show me that you're here. Break through, God. And he said, something happened. I don't know what it was. And I was startled. And I just started crying and just kept crying and crying and shaking. But then all of a sudden, I felt this peace over me. I felt okay. I felt care and taken care of. In the decades I struggled with God and wrestled with my life of sadness, I felt that a washing came to my heart.
1: Perry's spiritual encounter
0: lasted for two years of his sobriety. But Prairie made choices, not too many good ones. But When he finally turned the corner, he said, as a seeker, not only for sobriety, but for the truth and for him who gad the truth, he advocated for national drug, and with the Lord, as Matthew's judge, just like us, Matthew's personal life and struggles and mistakes and midcaps, we come to a God who loves us and helps us in our struggles. Today, that's what's happening with Israel. God has given Israel a second chance. If you remember, the first generation died in the desert. Now here they are at the chance of going into the promised land. And what God wants them to do is to remember. I was reading about John Newton, who wrote "Amazing Grace." He was a slave owner that used to kill babies when they were in their moms with their moms. And one night, God changed his heart and became a a preacher, but also a tremendous hymn writer. And as he got older, when he was just about ready to die, he says, there's two things I remember. Because my memory is going. He says, number one, that I'm a sinner. And number two, that I have a great Savior. And today, Moses addresses the people, and he wants them to remember Remember what God had brought them through. Some of these kids were watching their parents as they're going through the desert. They saw that their shoe leather, walking in the desert for 40 years, did not wear out. Their clothing did not wear out. And Gavad provided for them food and shelter and direction. And God says to them today through Moses, remember me. Remember what I've done for you. Verse 9 of chapter 4, he says, Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, so that you may do not forget the things that your eyes have seen, and they do not part from your heart all the days of your life, but make them known to your sons and your grandsons. God wanted Israel to remember all that he had done for them. And that he is the God who's got the power and he's the God who knows. And in this passage here today in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 7, he says, And you shall have no other gods before me. One of the most important things for us is not to have another God that takes up our life. And in verse 6, I didn't have it here printed today, but one of the things he says in the Hebrew, Shammai Israel, he says, Listen, Israel. The Lord your God is the one God. There's only one God throughout all the universe, and I am it. And you give yourself to me, and you remember all the things that I do that will help you stay on track. And that all the things that I've done by my power, how I brought you out of Egypt, saved you from the Egyptian army, brought you through the desert years because of your disobedience, I still loved you and held you. Not to fear because I am with you. But you mean to remember me and walk in my ways. Remember when you were slaves and how I delivered you from your slavery. Your parents forgot that. They began to imagine slavery was better than following me. Remember the land that I'm gonna give you. You know, today we see the Gaza Strip and it's being fought over again and again and again and a lot of people call that area Palestine but you see Palestine was not until after Jesus was born that was called Palestine up in that point that was Israel yes the Philistines every once in a while were in there but it was Israel and now it's called Palestine and it comes from the Roman who hated God. The Roman emperor who mocked the temple of God and had sacrilege done in the, and the idols worshipped in the temple of God because he hated the Israelites and he hated God. And that Roman emperor called Israel and that part that we call the Gaza Strip, Palestine, because he wanted to mock the Jews. There's a history there, you see. And yet, we don't need to worry. God still has that in his hand. And he's working in the midst of world history right now to make that right. And that we see in our own world, there's things that the devil does in our lives to try to destroy us. And what we need to remember of what God has brought us through. And to remember that we have a God who loves us and he will stand by us. He will carry us through the most difficult times in our lives. But we need to remember that. You see, remembering makes us have faith. Remembering gives our hearts confidence that God will come through for us. And that he will help us. In your folder today, you will see it. I have printed in there a timeline for your life. If you really want to be blessed this Thanksgiving season, take that timeline. Make it bigger. I remember the first time I did this and I realized how much God had done for my life and put me in places that I never deserved to be. And what he did to change my heart and cause me to come to know him and where I could have easily gone off the trail He kept me on it. And that his way was good. And you see, he says to the children of Israel, right at this point. Yes, I was with your parents at Sinai. But now they're at Horeb. And he says, your parents have nothing to do with it now. He says, but it's your relationship, you and me, at Horeb that now needs to be carried into the promised land because you don't want to make the mistakes that your parents did not do what they were supposed to do. And so he says to them and tells them, Hear, O Israel, the statues and ordinance that I am going to give you today and you're hearing that you may learn from them and observe carefully. The Lord has made a covenant. It's you and me and I've given you these statues and laws so that you can have the most prime example of life that could ever come from anybody. That you can enjoy life fully. You see, that's what a lot of people think. Well, yeah, God made the commandments just to kind of be a a Scrooge so that we mess up our, you know, we don't have to, we can't have any fun. That's not God's way. God gave us the commandments to protect us, to protect the children of Israel. And those ten commandments are not ten suggestions, but they're there to help us so that as we obey them, we see the freedom they give us in Christ and the joy we can experience in this life. And how easy, how easy it is to get off of them. And we see how they destroy a person's life, how they destroy other people around us when we get off of them. And we find ourselves struggling because we haven't obeyed them. we struggle because so we took another path and here he gives us those 10 commandments and you see Deuteronomy means the second giving of the law he gives those 10 commandments again to Israel but this new generation it says these are for you so that you can fully enjoy the promised land That you can fully enjoy me the way you're supposed to and have the power in your life. And you can enjoy one another and not mess with each other and break each other up and break your hearts and cause by all kinds of sin. And it's the covenant I make with you. And if you want the best of life, you grab those Ten Commandments and follow them. They will give you the joy of life. And Moses is overstating here, but he wants to make it clear to the children of Israel at Horeb. That God is renewing his covenant and he is giving himself to you. You see, and this is where the people say, well, why do we have the Old Testament? The Old Testament tells us just exactly what God did in the New Testament. And that is by grace. He gave himself to the Israelites. They were nothing. Nothing. They were not even a nation. God called Abraham out of Poduck City U and brings them out and makes them a great nation in the world today. Why? Was there anything great he saw in them? No. They were the weakest nation ever. They weren't even a nation. And God in his grace and God in his sovereign will brought them together and made them Great you see, this is what God wants us to understand. By his grace, I don't deserve to be saved. I don't deserve to be called a child of God. But because he said so, I can be a child of God. And I'm one of his. And he owns me as his child. And he loves me like he did with Israel here. And didn't want us or them to mess their lives up and he gives those ten commandments to reinforce them his wonderful love to them and his glorious desire for them to do great one of the biggest tragedies i see in our society today we know suicide how is it in this country we have all these blessings and people have everything at their disposal And that last year, we topped the suicide rate ever in this country's history. Why? They say the median age for us elderly people, (laughs) it was 80, but it's dropping. And it's not because Medicare is not taking care of us. In fact, they're doing a great job. Problem is between 18 and 30, our kids are broken. Jeff Easter, our sheriff, Mr. O'Sullivan, our chief, talk about the death toll that fentanyl is putting and the death toll that is being put on the drugs in our country that are killing children. I heard a horrible thing two days ago. I don't even think it's made the paper, but of a child that died of fentanyl because it tasted the dad had it on his clothing and died. You sit there, huh. the land of plenty. But the second thing that's taken us out is our kids is suicide. And that's not the lack of counselors. It's not the lack of mental health facility. It is because we have been raising children. They're lonely. They have no meaning they feel. Tragic. 82% that take their lives, they say the reason why they do is because they feel that this life would be better without them. And yet every suicide that I've gone to The church is packed with people that knew them and loved them. There's a loneliness in our society. People feel like they're all alone. And we have the toys to keep us alone. Seven million young people in their low 30, they say are living in their mother's and father's basements. That have no jobs. One in four are not at all involved with life. And here, God has created them to be for His glory and to do things, and, and, and they're alone. We are a society that's alone. You know, there used to be bowling leagues, they don't have those anymore. Now, pickleball is coming up, but, but there's a lot of people feeling alone and they can't do it. Women start out these careers and they're not gonna have children yet because they have to have a career. And they feel so alone. They can't have children, maybe. And then, meaninglessness. (laughs) They say children are feeling meaningless that they have no worth in society because we do too many things for them. We don't make them responsible for their actions. That's not God's way. God has a purpose for them. And they're to be responsible. That's why we have the Ten Commandments. And They need to be motivated and understand that they do have meaning. And They need to stand by faith. <laughs> but a lot of them don't have that I was reading about Indians. When their child becomes of age of teenagehood, some of the tribe would take their children out into the woods, their sons, and with blindfold on them. They'd take them into the woods and they'd sit them down on a stump. And all night, they would have to sit there by themselves. And they would listen to coyotes howling in the background. They'd hear animals moving around them. They'd hear all the sounds. They're pretty fearful. When you have your, you can see it that enough, but when you can't see and your eyes are covered. And to test whether or not they're strong enough to stay there alone, and work through their fears. They're building their character, you see. And one of the things that they find out. In the morning when the sun comes up, they're allowed to take their blinders off. Their mask. And when they do that. Here they find that their father's only sitting ten feet from them. Protecting them. And guarding them. And Christian, that's the way it is with us. There are some times we don't think God is there. We don't think he knows what's going on in our lives. And we're fearful. And just like that little Indian boy, God is right there. And he's letting us face our fears with faith in him. And we got to trust him. And you see, this is what Moses was challenging the people of God to do, is to trust God, to walk in his ways. But as for you stand here by me, that I may speak to you in the commands and the statues and the judgments which shall teach them, and they may observe them in the land which I have commanded, given them to possess. So you shall observe to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in the way in which the Lord the God has commanded you and that you may live and not be well within you and that you may be- prolong your days in the land in which you will possess. You see what God has done? God has promised all these beautiful things. As we learn to trust Him through the commands of life and as we walk in His statutes, That's why he gave them, not so that we have a checklist that we have to check and that that, that we have to earn our way. No, 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 that's not it. He gave these commandments so as he loves us. And so that we can walk the way through life the way it's supposed to be. And that we can truly get life out of it. And that it'll be well with us that our days are prolonged. That's the foundation of the commandments. Is for our relationship with God who wants us to experience the best. That means, and as he goes through the Ten Commandments, he says, there's no gods. No other gods. I'm the one and I will be with you and I will take you through everything. Don't make things idols. You're wasting your time. You're giving yourself to something that's foolish and not worth it. Don't take the name of my, my name in vain. You're throwing me in the mud, and here I am to protect you, to love you, and I've given you everything that you need for life. So don't profane my name and, oh God, or curse me by using Jesus Christ. Don't use me frivolously, frivolously. I remember when I was young in ministry, you know, and I said, well, the big guy upstairs, what am I talking about? He's the almighty God, sovereign of the universe, and I'm talking about the big guy? Are you kidding me, Dave? I had to clean that up. Because that was dishonoring to God. And when we claim to know God, and then we wind up doing other things in our life that are not pleasing to God, we are profaning his name again by hypocrisy. And then he says in the Ten Commandments, I've given you the Sabbath. Oh, the Sabbath is for you. I remember when I was a kid and we had to stay home and we couldn't play in the yard with kids. What a drudgery. We made it terrible for my parents. But guess what? I came to see that God gave that for me and for you. The Sabbath is there to help us to refresh ourselves to unload all the challenges and all the anger and all the stuff, the trials that we have. And on Sunday, just to take the time to worship, to pray, and to get a refreshing of our batteries so that we can go back the next day on Monday and take care of business. People miss out on that view. You know, he, he wants to give us rest. Sabbath rest, it's the rest for our souls that we need because the, every other day is, is a pounding. If you're really welcome with Christ and you need that day for refreshment, and spending time knowing Him, then honoring our fathers and mothers, and we spend the time appreciating what they've done, knowing that they're not perfect and they haven't done it always right. But their heart was right. They wanted us to get it right. And to appreciate those times. I remember as a teenager, some of the things my parents would not let me do and I was angry. And now I know why. And I appreciate them standing up and saying no. And not murdering. We heard about Jesus expanding that and saying not slicing and dicing people behind their backs, or committing adultery. How many houses and families have we seen just blow apart? Because somebody got selfish and committed adultery, or has even seen pornography destroy families. I'm not stealing. It's <laughs> Our generation needs that. They've talked about $2 million being stolen last year out of this Walmart. I've not been able to verify it, but I can believe it. People walking out of stores as if they, no big deal. And yet they don't understand that they're dishonoring the person who owns that store. They don't realize that they're dishonoring all the other people that go in there because they're gonna have to pay higher rates because the items that are stolen are gonna have to be made up bear false witness trashing other people spreading gossip so that you can look better and then covetousness why did God end the ten commandments in covetousness you know why because that motivates all these other things that we do we want God's position and so we don't honor him We make other gods because we want something different than what God gives us. And he's right, and yet we want to think we're right. We covet our neighbor's wife, and we covet what they have, and so we steal. See, all this, God knows the human heart. And he comes back to us. And he said, the key to it all comes here. Hear, O Israel. Shema Israel. The Lord your God, the Lord is one. He is the only one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Everything about you gives yourself to God. And when you understand that, you feel the presence of God and the freedom that He gives you feel the honor that God gives and that you know that God has given you through salvation the joy of life that your salvation is freed and that you're able to live in the joy and harmony with God and when people lose sight of God When godly people lose sight of God, everything turns into a mess. One of my favorite characters in the Bible, whom I was named after, David. Great warrior, fearless. And yet, when he was tempted at the end of his life with Bathsheba, God seems so far away. He put God out of his mind and he was bent on his feelings. One of the problems with our society today, everybody worried about more about feelings than facts. We see people changing their gender because they feel. How many of us have feelings that if we were to do them, would destroy our lives? We don't act upon them. Because their foolishness in our right mind. David acted foolishly, and God was at that point very far from him, and he pushed God out of the way because he wanted to visit with Bathsheba. And that decision cost him dearly. Because not only had the child conceived with her from that. Meeting died. But also, he had three other sons died because they followed his promiscuous ways, because he put God far out. Sometimes I wonder, I was listening to BTK's daughter the other day on the TV. Here's a man who was supposedly religious and everything, but put that out because he was evil. And how here this daughter cannot even want to see her dad. And how she struggles. A guy who she respected. You see, all this though comes to us through God's grace. He forgives us, He gives us hope. He gives us new entry. Because we don't deserve, I don't deserve it. And yet here God forgives us. Out of all the other nations in the world, God chose Israel. Out of all the kids in my neighborhood, why did God choose me to be saved? I don't deserve it. There was nothing in me that he saw. But you see, because of God grace. He chose you. He chose me. He chose us to love us. He gave us the best. And our response then to that grace is, what do we do with that grace? What do we do in reference to what God has done for us? How we then live? Oh, yeah, we know it. Those little dangerous sins that try to divert us from tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. David messed up his life. Even though he was forgiven, it cost him personally very dearly because sin diverted his life. Totally foolish. And it's so important that we, as God gave Moses, and is teaching these children what's right to follow, which is through the commands. Keep sharing it, keep living it, and don't get discouraged. Sometimes I, I listen to the news. I get very discouraged times when I get a call from the police department and I go out and see what sin has done the brokenness a child without a parent anymore or a parent without a child shot <laughs> laying on the ground bleeding out at 17 years old Our society, you know, we want to be noticed, tattoos. Oh, we want to be able to accept it by the gang. Some of these kids will shoot people. Oh, they're changing their gender because they want to be noticed. Oh, and they try all kinds of stunts and it's all emptiness. And the Bible speaks about that. Paul tells us that In the book of Romans, look what he says. For even though they knew God, their foolish hearts were darkened. They did not honor God or give thanks to him, but they are futile in their speculations and foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, this is what mankind doesn't understand, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts to impurity so their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. See this emptiness and this stuff that's going on in our world. It's because people don't honor the right thing. We become so proud of ourselves that we can know better than God. (laughs) And then we wonder why we're despairing, sad, depressed, Feel like we can't get out of it. Because we're putting all of it on the wrong thing. This is what Moses wanted them to understand. Don't give yourself over to anything less than God. He's the only one you give yourself to. And to know that no matter what happens to you, he's always there. And he will deliver you. He will come back for you. He came back for us in Jesus Christ. And died for our sins. And no matter what happens with this world. He's coming back again. To get us. And to take us home. And we can be at peace about that. I was thinking about this other day and I I, I ran into this illustration that's so helpful for us in this world, not to get discouraged, not to give up hope, but to know that God is there for us and he's gonna take care of us and bring us safely home. The University of Harvard Carl Richter did a study on rats. He put the rats in the water and they began to swim, and by about 15 minutes they began to die. He would pick them up just before they drowned, clean them off, fed them a little food. And a few minutes later they put them back into the water. Do you know how much longer they swam? They swam for 60 hours, three and a half days. And they did it with several groups of, of, of rats. And they realized that if you brought deliverance to them, and pulled them out, give them a little time, they would go so much further because they knew they were gonna be delivered. How much more should we so be encouraged as we know that our God is coming back and he's going to give us the victory in all that we do. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you so much for being such a loving God. Oh, Lord. There are times, Lord, that we really mess up. (laughs) And yet you still love us. That the Bible says that nothing can separate us from your love for us in Jesus Christ. Lord, that's magnificent. Help us, Lord, to want to live the way you want us to live so that we can enjoy life fully. And that even in our mess ups, you're there to help us get back on the road. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for so much that love that you give us, and the grace that we don't deserve are ours now forever. Thank you, God. In your precious Son's name we pray this. Amen. Lord Jesus, the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. As a reminder to them of what God was going to do for them and for us. And that we can enjoy eternity forever because of his sacrifice. Broken and said this is broken for you. body of Jesus Christ that was broken on our behalf. Amen. The same manner also Jesus took the cup. One day he supped. He said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it. And remember of me. Thank <laughs> you. Heavenly Father, as that juice goes down our throats and spreads throughout our bodies, Lord, how wonderful it is that you've washed us clean. And give us a clean slate every day because of the blood sacrifice you made for us. Help us, Lord, to live in your abundance and grasp a hold of life fully as you wanted us to, just as you did for your children in Israel. In Christ, we ask you only through your gracious name we pray this. Amen. Let's stand together as we receive our benediction and sing our closing song. Now the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness shine in your hearts to bring the glory of Jesus to wherever you are. Amen. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide uphold you. With his sheep securely
1: fold you. God be with you till we meet again. Till we meet again. Till we meet, till we meet at Jesus' feet. Till we meet, till we meet. God be with you till we meet
2: up.